From the introduction to More Power to You by Margaret Feinberg. Take 90 seconds each day to read the following daily declarations aloud. You may find one particular statement reverberating in you like a sacred echo and want to repeat that phrase a few extra times. Pay attention to what the Holy Spirit may be highlighting about you and calling you toward. Listen in. Here's just a few of those declarations. Jesus is king of my life. I am who Christ says I am. I take every thought captive. I break every agreement that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. My purpose is to love, serve, glorify, and enjoy God forever. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. The same power that resurrected Christ from the dead lives in me. And this one really got to me. Shame is not my master. God's power is perfected in my vulnerability. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I am so thankful that you have found your way here today because today is going to be a real life-changing day in your life. I just know it. We have with us today the lovely, remarkable, one of my literary and spiritual heroes, Margaret Feinberg. Margaret is the author of really some of my favorite books, and this is not flattery. This is heartfelt truth. Scouting the divine, fighting back with joy. Oh, yeah. Taste and see, discovering God among butchers, bakers, and fresh food makers. <laughs> I just love that. And their corresponding Bible studies. They've sold over a million copies and received critical acclaim and extensive national media coverage. What I most love about Margaret is that she, she really is a world changer. And she was recognized as that among one of the 50 women most shaping culture in the church today by Christianity Today. What an honor. She lives in Utah with her husband, Leif, who pastors a local campus and their soup pup, <laughs> Zoom. I just have to laugh. And Margaret and I share a passion, many, but one is that she believes some of the best days are spent around a table with amazing food and friends. And my older daughter, Margaret, taught me the term sobra mesa, a term that is more familiar in European places, Spanish places, where they just linger around the table for hours. And so it is truly one of my favorite things to do. So welcome. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you for bringing your radiant spirit to the Stronger Everyday community today. Thank you. 
What a pleasure and delight to be with you. (laughs) Just so happy to have you here. And your new book. Wow. I've had this book in my heart forever. And so you have brought it forth and that makes me so, so happy. You write that this book really was right on time. And a lot of times in our artist way, we create things and then God tells us to wait. And I think that was your story here in More Power to You, Decorations to Break Free from Fear and Take Back Your Life. This book is all about setting daily declarations. I, in my practice, Margaret, call that intention setting. But after Mm. reading and listening and learning more about the word declaration, I thought that's better. So I am shifting. And now with my clients in my private practice and in my own life, I will be making daily declarations. Thank you for that. Tell us, Margaret, tell us why this work called you. Why did it call you aside? Because writing is hard and it's a labor. It is a labor. You know, I had reached a point in my own life when I just had gotten just really beaten down. Some of the struggles were more existential in thought, but a lot of them were just so discouraged until honestly, it had almost become crippling. I mean, there were days I was just struggling to get out of bed. I was struggling to do all the things. And let me be clear, I was still doing all the things. I was still talking to my counselor, taking my medication. As my husband says, thank God for the medication. (laughs) I was still exercising, eating well, praying, reading my Bible, spending time with healthy people. I mean, you know, go down the laundry list. And it was like, tick, 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 and still nothing was just working. And my sweet husband, Leif, he would try to speak words of life and encouragement. It was like I was wearing these big orange earmuffs. And it was that marbled, you know, Charlie Brown voice, the teacher, you just cannot hear. And one day, Leif and I were having lunch with our friend, Chris. And I remember somewhere during the conversation, he stopped and he looked at me and he said, Margaret, I don't know when or where it happened. But somewhere along the way, you have made agreements with the universe that are not true. Oh, dear. And at first I recoiled. I grew defensive. I thought, what? Making agreements with the universe that aren't true? That sounds a little woo-woo. Yes. Then he began to describe how he had watched me over the years. And in the last season, he'd seen me really shift from this optimistic, joyful, hopeful into somebody who was just living hesitant and fearful and anxious and just looking for the worst and for everything to fall apart. And I realized after that conversation, I realized, you know what? He was right. And I remember coming home and thinking, man, I don't want to live this way. And I remember coming home. And I started to just pull out a sheet of paper quietly with God and just say, God, what what are some of the things that I have been believing that are not true? And on that scrap of paper, I just started to write them down. And they were things that I think, honestly, I think a lot of us sometimes struggle with because they aren't like terrible, terrible, super dark often. They're things that are just like, they almost become like pass-offs in our culture. Things like, it's only a matter of time until the other shoe drops. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I ever wrestled with that one. I mean, his hand doesn't (laughs) pop up, especially after this last year or things like this is just going to get worse or getting old is the worst or, you know, I need to be all things to all people. And I started writing these down and I realized that I had been just caught up in this negative spirals that were just spiraling downward until they had just left me just paralyzed by fear and hesitance. And I began to say, Lord, help me, help me. I don't know how or what. I began to turn to the scripture and just say, okay, 
These things are clearly not true. They may even be culturally accepted, but this kind of thinking is paralyzing me. What do you say? And I began just pulling out scriptures and kind of crafting them in this series of just statements that kind of combat the lies, not only that I was believing that so many of us, these false beliefs that said in and he read some of these, but I just started each day taking about 90 seconds a day to make these daily declarations, declarations like Jesus is king of my life. I am who Christ (laughs) says I am. I take every thought captive. I break every agreement that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. The same power that resurrected Christ from the dead lives in me. Mm. I am God's beloved child in whom he is well-pleased. I am fearfully and wonderfully made beautiful beyond measure. (sighs) And you know, I just started saying these things out loud. And three days later, my husband Leif looked at me and he goes, Margaret, I do not know what has happened, but you are lighter and freer than I have seen in months. Mm. And what I realized is that there was something important happening there. Because I think that Chris had said, you know, you're making agreements with the universe, but I think spiritually, and for any of you have a spiritual background at all, I think I wasn't really making agreements with the universe as much as I was making agreements with the accuser. The Hebrew and Greek scriptures describe that there is a force of evil in this world. And if you don't believe there is evil, just turn on the news and look at the genocide and horrificness and abuse that is happening around this world and even to the loss and pain and suffering in our own nation. We know evil, it is real. The Bible describes evil or what is spoken of as the enemy. Jesus talks about this sense of evil, this evil manifestation is the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And in the Hebrew and in the Greek, the name is actually the accuser or the slanderer of the saints. And so he is just on a maniacal tirade to destroy us and to convince us of things that are not true, that will leave us paralyzed and crippled in our mental and spiritual well-being. And I just come into agreement with those. And so I realized that I needed to to do something that, that may sound like a really super heavy spiritual word, but it's the word repent. And if you break that down in the Greek, it simply means to change one's mind and just stop thinking that way. And so I began saying, God, I, I want to think differently. If that is the call to repent, if Jesus says, repent, the kingdom of heaven is here. He's saying, hey, man, all this stinking thinking that you're doing, you don't have to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And what I began to discover is the power of the daily declarations was not just reading through this list of scriptural truths. That's not enough. But it's actually saying them out loud. And I say that to anybody yes. who gets more power to you, you know, got them printed out here. You can do this yourself. Try it for a week. I promise you will start to feel some spiritual shifts. But you say it out loud for a couple of reasons. And I think you already, you've taught your followers this so well, but you say it out loud because you need to say it to yourself. That's right. You need this inside of you and not just in your spirit and in your gut, but actually in your brain. God designed our brains with neuroplasticity. So just as a thought of negativity, like it's only a matter of time until the other shoe drops. If we think that long enough, it starts to become a path and then a road and then a super highway. And so we start looking at everything and running to that thought. And physiologically, part of the reason we do that is because our brains love to conserve energy. And if you go to the same thought, it's fewer calories burned. And all the women are like, no, let's burn more calories. 
But what's amazing is when the Apostle Paul talks about this concept of we can take every thought captive, we can bring them into alignment with Christ and who he says, this idea that neuroplasticity, that we can actually rewire our brains, that, that God has given us as the creator that ability. So just as a superhighway toward a negative or false belief can be built, we can actually tear that down, dismantle it through repetitive thinking and declarations and begin building a superhighway in a different direction. So then when we have moments and situations, all of a sudden our brain, again, saving calories is going to the thought like Jesus is king of my life. I am who Christ says I am. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And so when we take these declarations and we say them out loud, we say them to ourselves. But we also say them out loud to God. And when we do that, what we are doing is we are verbally proclaiming allegiance with the kingdom of God and all that he is and all that he created us to be. And that is powerful. Mm. There's something else that's happening. Because when you declare it out loud, you're not just saying it to yourself. You're not just saying it to God. You are saying it to the enemy, to the accuser of the saints, to the slanderer, and saying, I refuse to come into agreement with you. You know, I am not going to live my life that way. I'm going to live into the fullness of the wholeness, the healing, the beauty, the life, the joy, and the purposes that Christ has established for me. And so it is a powerful, simple, accessible spiritual practice. Oh. I am so just trying to lean in from my own brain to receive what you're saying over here on the side. <laughs> because I just kept thinking when I was reading the book and rereading it of Amos 3.3, can two walk together unless they be agreed? That's how it's spoken of in the King James. The Message Bible, Eugene Peterson puts it this way, do two people walk together if they aren't going to the same place? And I never really thought of Amos 3.3 in light of even my own intention work or in the daily declaration until I, was, I took a long walk today and I was just wanting to be open to the spirit for our conversation. And I just thought, why do we walk in disagreement with God? Mm-hmm. Because what you're telling us here, Margaret, is to just agree Right. And agree means when you look at it in its root to fix upon by agreement or appointment. So a lot of the version said, can two walk together without an appointment? That was new for me. It just means to fix. And I guess that's why Paul said so many times, you know, fix your mind, fix it, fix it, stay it, keep it firmly on. You know, another translation is to point out, to define or to a point. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, why do so many of us, and man, I know this in my head, (laughs) but the journey down to my heart, my second brain, right? It gets lost a little bit. Mm -hmm. So how would you speak to that? Like, I just feel like what would happen? It's like almost a challenge, right? And you are challenging us. What would happen if we all woke up and decided to be in agreement with what God says and thinks about us. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Yeah, you know, that word is agreement is interesting because it also can be interpreted as a binding arrangement. (sighs) So when I come into agreement with something, I'm saying I have a binding arrangement that the other shoe is going to drop. I'm coming into a binding arrangement that I have to be all things to all people. 
I'm coming into a binding arrangement that ugh, Christians are the worst. Oh, you know, and we, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's be honest. Like, we think these things we do. And maybe if you don't, congratulations, you're one of yes. nine people on the planet. Yeah. You, but for the rest of us, we do. And so the question is, if I'm coming into a binding arrangement, the question is, how do I break that? And honestly, it's hard to break on our own. Like we can do harder and work harder and do a lot of the, the things, but the power of Christ, I believe, is that Christ says, no, 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 I came in that all of those binding arrangements that were made with darkness, enemy, self-sabotaging behavior, mm-hmm. I have come and I've died and I've laid everything out. I will pay the price for all of those binding arrangements. So anytime that you want out, you call on me and I will deliver to you the freedom so that you don't have to be bound in that arrangement forever. And that's a pretty incredible spiritual opportunity. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest, because of brain science, because we tend to go back, we can pray that and say, okay, it's one and done. But remember, we've already formed the super highways in one direction. Just as we were probably unintentionally building a super highway in that dark direction, we do have to be intentional about breaking that down. Uh, You know, the classic, and I'm sure you said this, is we have to pay attention to what we're paying attention to. That's right. And and so we start to identify these super highways to self-sabotaging thinking and mentality and go, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And what's amazing, and I know you talk to this to your clients, is how many of these are often we inherit them. We they're passed yes. down in childhood. Yes. You know, I know I've struggled with body shame most of my life. I was put on my first diet when I'm nine years old. I look in the mirror and there are parts that I just I grimace over. I just don't like. And so for me to say, okay. I understand I've put on an extra 15 pounds during this beloved COVID season and I still have to peel that off, but that doesn't mean that I have to be trapped in that super highway Mm. of body shaming, looking in the mirror, thinking I'm ugly, et cetera. And instead I can start saying, repenting, changing my mind and begin declaring every day, I am God's beloved child in whom he is well-pleased, which is exactly what God said over Jesus as he was coming out of being baptized, the water dripping from his body. And then I will cling to this. I am fearfully and wonderfully made based on the Psalms, beautiful beyond measure. That, friends, that is the lens that God sees you and me. So the culture is going to keep reinforcing the super highway to I don't measure up, I'm ugly, I'm aging, I have wrinkles, and I'm going to say, uh-uh, uh-uh. As a child of God, I ain't living that way anymore. And I will declare this, and I will declare this, and I will declare this. It's already true, but I will do it until it is true in the deepest recesses of my bones. And friends, that is, for me, is not a journey. This is not a one night and I'm done. Like this is month after month, year after year. But do you know what? It is becoming more and more true every day. And it is awesome. Well, I want to lean in here as well, because, you know, Margaret, you're a very successful woman, right? Because I have clients every day that come in and they're like, if this just would happen for me, if this would happen for me, if I could just get this, if I could have that. No one, no one is immune from the adversary's attacks. I've been to Kenya amongst the most impoverished. I know that you have traveled as well and seen very impoverished situations and women are all the same. We all deal with these. I like to say this is just the adversary's depraved words over us. And I think that It's encouraging, not that I'm thankful that you've walked this journey, but it's encouraging, I believe, for many to understand that (sighs) 
This is not something that uh, anyone is immune from. And I think that's why you take it so seriously as well. And when I looked up the word intention a long time ago, I understood that it means conceptions, conceptions formed by directing the mind towards an object. Mm. And intention is derived from the Latin intensio. And it means a stretching, a purpose. So what I hear you saying, you know, is that these daily declarations, initially, when we start this very proactive, I think it's a stance, it's a spiritual practice, it has been in my life. It's not uh, name it, claim it. It's not woo-woo. It's not positive thinking. It's a, a literal reshaping, as you have spoken so beautifully about already, the rewiring of our brain, which we now know it happens, that we are rewiring our brain. And so many times in my practice, in my own life, I'm always talking to myself first. I just think, okay, it's been a week in a week. Should be better now. But in that, each time we choose this declaration, as you say, spend 90 seconds and see which one is calling out to you because it's calling out to you to stretch you, to bring new pathways into your brain. Margaret, you share that one of the themes you've wrestled with in your life. And when I read it, I gasped because it is one that I have heard many women, especially those who have experienced childhood trauma, because I work a lot with trauma, Mm -hmm. wrestling with being pinned down, Mm P-I-N-N-E-D, being pinned down like a wrestler on a mat. And this year has really challenged you in this area. I wonder if you would be so kind to offer us some vulnerability here. Yeah. You never have to. No, 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 it has been. It's a year when many of us have been pinned down. We have very clearly, all of our illusions of being in control for the most part have been wiped out. You know, even us trying to plan for many of us, depending on where you are in the country, just trying to plan like when we can travel, where we can go, what a holiday will look like. It's just hard. And so we don't have control. It's all, that's all an illusion that makes us feel better for a short time before it comes with a heavy cost. (laughs) So right. (laughs) And I love control. I'm a control freak and having to pry my fingers free and be like, there is none. But I realized this year, you know, I felt very often pinned down, pinned down by circumstance, pinned down by lack of control, pinned down by trends, some some decisions that were made about our lives that, that were not in our control. And in those moments, I found myself really wrestling. It was interesting is as I was really just, I was talking my, with my own psychologist about this and going, why is this phrase of pinned down? Why is my anger so through the roof mm. over a couple of things that happened? I mean, my anger, rage, rage mm. because of injustice, because of what was done that was so wrong, because of surviving a suspicious, destructive narcissist, because of these things that really stirred. And I was like, I am raging and it's because mm-hmm. I feel pinned down. Mm-hmm. And then I started life and I started to recognize several times from growing up. And one was in high school when a guy literally pinned me down and said, you are not getting up until I'm done with you. Oh no! And it was interesting because in this time, in the season of COVID, when we're wrestling, when also feeling pinned down, I had a dream about this guy. And I remember it was like my subconscious was like, you're feeling the same pinned down by this suspicious, destructive narcissist mm-hmm. that you are 
that you did then. And there was also an incident in college where the same, not exactly the same, but it was just being stripped of choice, being stripped of freedom, being stripped of, and realizing, okay, this is a recurring theme in my life. And how do I get a healthy perspective on this? How do I find healing? There are a lot of people right now who are talking about, oh, well, let's just bounce back from right. the pandemic. And I'll just be honest, like, Mm-mm. Get a little angry. I'm mad at that verb. Thank you. I'm mad at it. Speak to it. Please speak to this. I was just thinking that. (laughs) Yeah. Bounce back is what you do when the ball is already full. When you have a kid playing with a ball and the ball is full and you throw it to the ground, it bounces back. Most of us are not full. If you were completely filled up by the pandemic and all the crisis and loss this year, congratulations. I don't know you. (laughs) Most of us have been depleted in some way. And so when we use this American toxic positivity to say, Mm. well, just pop back up, just bounce right back, you're Mm. missing the invitation and the holy sacred invitation of God to enter into a season that I'm calling healing and dealing. Mm. And starting to go, God, where, just like when I was pinned down, I felt that and I had this anger. It's happened before. Help me recognize that. Help me heal. Help me make wise decisions so I'm not pinned down in the future. It's that us coming back to life is an invitation to say, where is our woundedness? Where is our pain? Where are we believing things that are not true? Where are there still super highways that are remaining in our brains that are holding us captive? And how do we begin dismantling us? I think tied it a little bit to the, I feel pinned down, but I know for me and for some of your listeners, one of our kind of thoughts that we can build is, is maybe it was passed down in childhood, but is, you know what? It must be my fault. Yes. Anybody, anybody ever like, take a pause. Take oh, a, yeah. yeah that must be my fault. Oh, that didn't come together. It's my fault. The converse side of that is if it's my fault, then I have to strain and strive whole, so hard to hold everything together. And that treadmill, that treadmill never ends. It just gets faster and faster. Mm-hmm. And so like when we have a super highway in our brain that mm-hmm. our default, remember our calorie saving brain is just going, my default is it's my fault. Mm-hmm. What will that drive us to? Right. And instead of thinking, you know, it must be my fault, it's all on me, you know, taking the declaration and saying, no, you know, actually the power of God guards my thoughts, the word of God guides my step and the favor of God rests on me. Mm. Uh, my default does not have to be, it's my fault. Right. My default can become, I align myself with God, mm-hmm. his word, I receive mm-hmm. his favor. And I will walk in the health of that today. Mm. I love that you keep using the word align, Mm -hmm. A-L-I-G-N. If you think of being pinned down, right, you're flattened, you're out. But alignment to me, like the posture of taking this alignment to be aligned with God is a stance, right? Mm -hmm. It's a power pose, as Amy Cuddy might say in her TED talk, you know, it's, and that's what I do with my clients, especially with the trauma, trauma work is, you know, we believe this, I'll say declaration now, we speak it out over our lives and our body, and we take this stance of power because it calls our brain into a new alignment. It goes, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, wait, <laughs> she's really believing that. Like, I just wish I could see inside the brain and what's really going on there when the old ways are like fighting so hard 
for us. You do not have to answer this, Miss Margaret. Yeah. But in that revelation for you of once again being pinned down, and boy, mm-hmm. I just had Dr. Chuck DeGroat on, and he wrote mm-hmm. the wonderful yes. book on narcissism in the church. Oh, so oh. Be good. I you. love. Okay, now just for all your listeners, yes. that book is so good. I've read it twice. <sighs> when nothing made sense, I read that book, and everything became crystal clear. Oh. We talked about his other book, Wholeheartedness, and he kept going, I wanted to talk about wholeheartedness. I just need a break. I'm like, well, you're going to come back on. But it's just, yes, it's up for the Christian Book Award this year, too. And I'm so Mm -hmm. thrilled. It's such a powerful word for the church at this point. And so I understand that. I have definitely been under the hands of narcissistic people in power. So when you had that revelation, I'm leaning in here because because I do use a trauma-informed, several different trauma-informed healing modalities. Mm. EMDR, I use something called Aroma Freedom, which uses the powerful therapeutic grades essential oils that actually go straight into the brain and it just gets into the limbic system and it just de-lodges the Mm. negative feeling. So like when you had that feeling of being bent down, I'm not in control, blah, 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 it came back up. Did you receive help in the form of a specific trauma healing modality or was it just the revelation of god which is mm-hmm. so powerful and i say that all the time you god yeah. can do this <laughs> yeah emdr has been really helpful for me i'm a huge fan i have not done the aromatherapy mm-hmm. but that makes perfect sense with the power of the sensory of the nose i mean it's, it's yep. alluded to throughout scripture yep. the fragrance the oil the fragrance i mean all of it yes i have not been exposed to that but i cheer you on and embrace mm-hmm. that but I think EMDR, also a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy of recognizing oh. that thought is untrue and let's replace Good. it with the truth mm-hmm. um, would be another one. And then also, again, these declarations and going, you know, it's interesting if you read through the, the full declarations, all 90 seconds, the last one, and mm. I think this is so clutch, mm-hmm. is, you know, you make all these things, you know, God works for my good, his glory. I will look for the character and competence of God in every situation. And the final one is mm. I mm-hmm. am on God offensive team today. I love this one. So good. Go ahead. Tell us. Yeah. So we are going to move. The whole point of this is so this negative thinking, this alignment with the accuser, the slander, what he wants to do is disempower you. Mm-hmm. He wants to push you to the sidelines, make you feel like you can't, make you feel like you're not enough, make you feel like you're an imposter, make you feel like so that you are rendered useless and fruitless. Mm-hmm. And yet God comes and says, you are, my very image is in you. I have yes. filled you with the Holy Spirit that you would walk with your chin up, with your mouth boldly proclaiming my truth, that you would go out, you would set the captives free, you would open up the blind eyes, you would proclaim the good news to the poor, that you will be one who is in the midst of pardoning prisoners, of fighting for justice. You are filled with the very spirit of God. Mm. That is what he sends us out to. That is what we should be waking up to every day. But when we're so crippled and paralyzed by these negative thoughts, they hold us back. And so the point of these declarations ends on that declaration. I am on God's offensive team today. I am (laughs) going to wake up and walk into the fullness of what God has for me today. And this is not to claim it. This is to you are. And also, this is the last thing that the enemy wants you to believe or know about. Because you just keep playing defensive. You just, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Oh, you, that victim mentality. 
oh, the enemy loves the victim mm. mentality. Again, you're just pushed to the sidelines. And it is right. time for us as believers to rise up mm. in strength and wholeness in healing and power. Yes. And, and be the people who proclaim and bring in the kingdom of God everywhere we go. Oh, Margaret. <laughs> so good. So, so good. Oh, this whole global pandemic experience for me, I've just been so stuck with the woman at the well. She's a key figure to me. And then when Jesus says to her, you know, you're not going to worship me in the temple. You're not going to worship me here. You're going to, I'm looking for those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. So I want to throw this challenge out to you all. Heartlifters, listen, let's wake up every morning like Margaret has admonished us to with our hands, our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our everything open to be on the offensive team, to say, I walk in agreement with what God says about me. Now you fill in your specific daily declaration. You get Margaret's book. I know many of you need this. This might sound bad, but it's not meant to sound bad. But you're always like, you know, will you just write it for me? I don't want to write it for you. I want you to choose it to even let God show you other declarations from the scriptures. You know, Margaret only gave, she could only give us enough for a year because it's a year long devotion. But please, please, let's take this challenge, this challenge to wake up and walk in agreement with God so that we can disengage the adversary. Margaret, in closing, I just have to, I'm gonna end with, I don't want to, but I will. In Declaration 46, I just laughed out loud, and I thought it was so powerful and fun. And if you would allow me, I would like to just read a speck of it and get your thoughts. Mm, you okay? You have time? Okay. Of course. <laughs> Declaration 46, I will not listen to the voice of the adversary. Oh. Each one of Margaret's declarations has the lie the counterfeit, okay, the challenge to our brain from the adversary. And the lie here is they are never going to change. I chose this because, yeah, I've said it myself and I hear it all the time. They're not going to change. They're not going to change. My marriage isn't going to change. My prodigal child isn't going to change. My this isn't going to change. The person at work, et cetera, et cetera. And she writes from John 10, 10, the thief comes only, and she's already said this today, to steal and kill and destroy. But God says, I have come that you, heartlifter, may have life and have it to the full. And she writes about one of her favorite games to play with five-year-old buddy Carter, and it's I Spy. <laughs> we'll sit in a room in church or on the front porch of his parents' home, and one of us will announce, I spy something green. Then a series of yes or no questions proceed. Is it your shirt? Is it that sign? Is it that plant? Until voila, the object is identified. We celebrate and then pick a new item for another round of I Spy. This is why I love Margaret Feinberg and her brain, <laughs> her spirit. During a recent prayer time, I imagined myself sitting beside Jesus and this game came to mind. Suddenly, I felt compelled to bring to him the names of people I knew. And Margaret, when I read it today, you know, we all have a list a hundred miles long of people who need prayer. You write, I remembered Marcus, 
who had recently been laid off from his job in ministry, I asked Jesus, what do you spy? The thought popped into my mind, Marcus is being transitioned into a greater role in my kingdom. Then there was Annie, who felt overwhelmed by motherhood. Annie is being raised up to depend on me and experience deeper levels of my affection. Name after name came to mind until I asked Jesus, what do you spy when you see me? A single sentence shattered the silence. I spy someone deeply loved. Oh, Margaret. Thank you for that. Any other thoughts on that game, that declaration? Oh, I forgot the most important part. Maybe you're going to say it. It was in big bold in Declaration 46. I've already said it, but when Christ sees you, dear heart lifter, he whispers, I spy someone deeply loved. I just love that so much. Any other thoughts from that about not listening to the voice of the adversary as we come to our close? Yeah. You know, I think the enemy loves to play I spy. I mean, mm-hmm. he fumes with the accusations of destruction and death. And he fumes and he says, I spy a person who's never going to change, a situation beyond redemption, a marriage that can never be reconciled. Mm-hmm. And he wants to woo us into that dark playground until we begin toying with those accusations. And if left unchecked, we will start to see the worst in others instead of their God-given worth. We'll start to focus on other faults instead of God's faithfulness. We'll zero in on others' weaknesses instead of God's will for their lives. And the great news for you and I is there is more power to you. We do not have to listen to the voice of the adversary. We have the power through Jesus who already won the war to break every agreement with darkness and live as a child of light. I mean, as Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Mm -hmm. So take your place. Begin these daily declarations. Begin living into the fullness of that life that Christ has for you. I promise you this tool will help you do it. Mm-hmm. And this is going in everyone's emotional health toolbox. I'm going to be shouting it out everywhere because it is so, so needed. Okay, on a final note, Miss Margaret, you have traveled a whole lot and written in some really incredibly cool places <laughs> and gathered stories from the world. What was your favorite moment of, mm. of maybe all of your travels or just choose one where you really felt alive? Mm. You know, I think one, I've been all over the world, Britain journeys. I've fished in the Galilee. I've plucked figs in California. I've spent time with butchers in Texas. I've done all kinds of things. But when I feel most alive is at home sitting on my front porch, staring at the same mountain that I see every day that reminds me God does not move. He's always on the move, but he is so trustworthy in who he is and all the weather blows in and out and the storms and the clouds and the darkness and the light and the shadows come and go and yet that mountain remains and so does our god mm-hmm. and so i think one of my favorite places on planet earth is mm-hmm. my front porch okay everyone there's our challenge we are going to sit on our front porch if you live in an apartment find a bench under a tree to find a place to sit, come into agreement with the Father, 
open your hands, your eyes, and receive and begin to speak these daily declarations over you and your legacy. Be sure to order Margaret's book. And Margaret, would you like to tell everyone where to find you? I'm going to put it all in the show notes, but. Uh, Absolutely. Come and join me on Instagram at M.A. Feinberg, F-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. You can also find me on Facebook and of course at my website at Margaret Feinberg. Perfect. Never, ever forget, Heartlifters, that you are clothed in strength and dignity with nothing to fear. And you can smile at your future. Until next time. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity. Thank you.